everybody. Welcome to Media Review Pod, a variety podcast of discussions, opinions, and interviews focusing on the entertainment side of media. My name is Richard Santiago, and today we are going to be discussing the new MCU movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. And of course, with me is my trusty comics guru, JC Chang. Welcome to the pod. Yo, Richard, how's it going? It's going. It's going. So, this movie finally came. We saw it. I've had some time to digest it. Uh, we've been uh, figuring out when to record this. And I think that it's good that we've taken a little bit of time to talk about it because I've been able to watch some of the trailers. I've been able to kind of digest everything that I've seen, the reactions from my family, from my kids, from my wife. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just want to get into it. Uh, I don't want to talk about anything else other than this movie. So we'll talk a little bit without spoilers, and then we'll dive right into spoilers, okay? Sounds good. All right. So, JC, what did you think about this movie? Well, I tell you, it's it's, it's interesting because <laughs> last time we left off, we were probably in the most depressed state that we've been, you know, <laughs> with regards to the Marvel movies. Uh, but then, you know, I think there was still a bit of optimism that this movie was going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I enjoyed it tremendously. Um, you know, I don't think it quite hits the heights of guardians one, mm-hmm. um, you know, cause that was just new and novel and, and, you know, everything was completely brand new to the, to, to that world and to those characters. But I feel like it was a fantastic close to, you know, a great trilogy. Um, and I would say that. Uh, you know, I think it's, uh, it gets me very excited. Interestingly enough, not for future Marvel movies, but for future DC movies. Cause obviously James Gunn, you know, he's going to be leading DC. And, and I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of brightness there, um, mm-hmm. to look forward to. Yeah. But I think I thought it was a beautiful send off. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not right. without its flaws, but you know, yeah, but, yeah. but, but a good, good movie, enjoyable overall. By the way, this movie was written and directed by James Gunn. It is his third Guardians movie, and it shows. It feels like one cohesive thing. Um, I, I am torn because, like you said, we were kind of in a depressive state the last time we spoke. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania was a disaster. <laughs> and... This movie was, it felt like I was back in the old MCU. And that is both a great feeling and a terrible feeling. Because it feels like this this type of movie is not going to come back. This type of feeling that we used to have, as, as far as what the MCU has put out, not taking Guardians into consideration because this movie was being made before this whole thing. I think this was supposed to come right yeah. after Endgame, right? Or something like that? Yeah, it was supposed to... Yeah, it was supposed to be a Phase... Well, I think either end of Phase 3 or a Phase 4 movie. But then obviously, you know, James Gunn, um, for those unaware, you know, he got some 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 right-wing folks went through his tweet, Twitter and uh, he's, he's very politically outspoken yeah, yeah. and basically, you he know, brought that up again. Tweets. And yeah, 
Yeah. And then, you know, Disney fired him. Then, then DC got him to do Suicide Squad, but then Disney rehired him and he was able to finally make, you know, this, this final movie. Yeah. By the way, I think so. It was a, yeah. We were supposed to get it much longer, uh, a long time ago. I think he got rehired because of the cast. They started yes, kind of advocating for him. And saying, yeah, yeah. They I, they I, had a signed letter, or everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Kevin Feige behind the scenes, you know, when when he got fired, Kevin Feige didn't say a single thing. He didn't come out and support it, uh, but he was working very hard behind the scenes to get James Gunn back too, because he thought it was BS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing that we were able to have this final movie from the director who started it all. And like I said, it, it feels like an entire thing. Another thing that I forgot to tell you is that before we saw the movie, I gathered my family and we saw the Christmas special. And Hmm. last time we spoke, I told you I hadn't seen it. Uh, I didn't know if I wanted to go back to the MCU. Well, because I was, I was, I was jaded. I was jaded. And I was surprisingly delighted by the Christmas special. I think, I think it was a, a, a a nice palate cleanse from (laughs) Ant-Man and the Wasp and a, a good precursor of what was to come for Guardians of the Galaxy volume three. It, it was just silly fun. It was it was great. Right. Like, you know, Drax and Mentes go and kidnap Kevin Bacon. That is the the premise. Of it. But it was also you know very heartfelt, um, which I think it kind of goes back to the DNA of these movies. You know, it's always been kind of silly. The characters don't kind of take themselves too seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know it's meaningful, and the relationships are meaningful, and you end up having a great time. Yeah, yeah. And you know, with some tears along the way. So all in all, I am very grateful that we were able to experience this movie the way that it was intended. Uh, I'm I'm happy that James Gunn was able to do the script that he had with yeah. the cast, the entire cast coming back. And he was able to give each and every character and, and, and the entire Guardians cast and story... Uh, fitting end so without any further ado let's dive into spoilers so i want to start this by saying that i i didn't think that making animals in movies would ever make me feel mm. and i'm talking about cg making cg animals mm-hmm. in movies would ever make me feel anything because the movie that i say that kind of killed it for me was the lion king remake because mm. they were so real those animals were so real i love that story i love the original lion king movie yeah. and i made an entire podcast about this new remake which i wasn't a fan of and my main issue with that movie is that Animals don't emote, period. Right. The reason right. why The Lion King 94 works is because those animals are animated. They, they animate right. the eyes to make them express emotion. And right. in this other Lion King especially, uh thing, Especially that look Nala gives uh, Simba. Sorry, just had to jump in with that. <laughs> 
I know. Didn't right? have that in the remake. <laughs> Didn't have that in the remake. She's sexy Nella. Sexy Nella. Sexy Nella. Well, the thing is, in, in, in the remake, they try... They do everything that they can to make those animals look real. And they excel at that because those animals do look very, very real. But the thing that you right. lose is the eyes because animals yeah. have dead eyes. They don't emote. Yeah. They're just... Well, I mean, acting comes from the eyes too. Right. So yeah, it's exactly. like you're trying to... It's it's hard to connect with these characters when you don't have use of eyes, right? right. So... Yeah, no, I understand that criticism a lot of that movie. Um, and so I, I didn't and, think and, I didn't think that bringing animals that looked like real animals with uh, a story about other humans or aliens or whatever mm-hmm. in a quote unquote live action setting would actually make me feel anything. And boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong because the, I had no idea what this movie was about. I, I knew that the cast was coming back uh, and everything that happened before Guardians, but I had no idea what the plot was. And I think it's genius to kind of center it around uh, Rocket Raccoon. I think his story yeah. drives everything uh, and and the core of it, the family part of it, the the sacrificing part of it, it's all encompassed in his in his story. Um, so the way that this movie treats animals, which by the way, if you have kids that love animals, I would I would <laughs> second guess your choice of taking them to see this movie because if you were ever affected by animal movies, free willy, homeward bound, um, any of those, even Turner and Hooch, uh, this movie will will give them a run for their money because it has some sequences in here where it's not because of what happens to the animals per se, but the way that you grow to care about these characters because they are in essence just characters, right? And along the movie, even though they are introduced in this movie, we learn to care about them through, obviously through Rocket Raccoon. Right. But the way that this script is structured makes us feel for these animals, even though we can see a mile away that something terrible is going to happen to them. Right. It The buildup to that moment when, when something actually happens and when they come back is incredible. The way yeah. that they were able to make me feel something i'm telling you jc that that theater got kind of misty at some points yeah i I think i absolutely agree though i will go back to say i wasn't as skeptical about feeling something for animals because the movie babe does exist and it's about a pig but that gets you and you know get you those are real animals i'm talking about yes. CG, cg cg animals yeah, cg animals yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I, I think um, I, I, I do. I would argue though that you don't feel for them because they're animals. I think if you replace them with human characters who have that same innocence, you know, and optimism that they all hold in the movie, mm-hmm. you would still feel for them when you know when it, when 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 they um, when the terrible things happen to mm-hmm. them, right? So I think it's just 
so perfectly giving these or humanizing these animal characters is, is where, you know, it succeeded so well. Um, and by the way, that's, I think that's the three movies in a row where guardians of the galaxy has gotten me misty in some way. <laughs> Forgot what the first one was. There's some moment in the first one that got me a little bit misty too. Second one was definitely, um, uh, uh he was your dad. He, oh, he was your father, but he wasn't your daddy boy mm-hmm. from uh, Mike, you know, from Michael Rooker. Yeah. And, yeah. and that was, that was a great moment too. But I think every moment here ex- exceeds that easily. Um, and it's just like you said, they anchored in a rocket. And if you go back and watch it, it's very, I only watched it once, but I was thinking about it. It's like, he doesn't do a lot in the movie, like in the present, present space. Like he just lies there. Yeah. And he's like the catalyst, you know, why they go on this adventure and everything. But they, it's just so effective, just the way that, you know, the narrative structure was brought together. Um, and, it, 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 you know, he was he was lying there on a bed, but he was still the core of this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this also this also helps the story bring in Gamora in a way that we haven't seen her before. She, yeah. She's a very different character from what we're used to. And yeah. she's basically a character who has to learn to care about her crew yeah and having well i don't know i I think she has to learn to care for this crew but at the end of the movie it does show that the uh, the ravagers are like her family right she's accepted that's like who her family is and she just went on this side adventure with this guardians crew so this gamora doesn't have a relationship yeah well the way i the way i read it was she wasn't used to having a family she she was a ravager yes but she didn't embrace it and at the end when they welcome him back when when they welcome her back you see that smile where she understands this is what it feels like to have a family that's that's the way i i interpreted it because Mm, being a ravager doesn't doesn't necessarily make you care for everybody right she's probably a part of the crew yes um I don't even know what ravagers are. Are they pirates or um, yeah, I think they're more like pirates, or... smugglers. Yeah, exactly. Right. So you can be part of that crew, but um, if something happens to your crew, then whatever, it's expendable, right? I just want to complete my yeah. mission and get it over with. Well, the way that I yeah. saw it was being around these these guys, being amongst all of them who care about each other, made her realize that. Yes, she does have a family. Thanos sucked, right? But she still has a sister. And she has her entire family with the Ravagers. And that's why she's smiling by the end. That's the way I read it. I interpret it more as a twist of like, this whole time you think like, oh, she's trying to fit in. And she's just working with the Ravagers because she has to. But then like in the end, it was revealed that she has a family in this this life. So I interpret it a little bit differently. Yeah. Well, the, the, the final conclusion is that she is accepting that she has a family and yeah. she's happy with it, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so this is all, like you said, anchored with the whole rocket thing. Uh, right. And every, every single character has their own moment with, with the issues with rocket. Um, Mm-hmm. And, and and aside from that, I think that the story goes also into 
other areas, especially animal cruelty and the reasons to kind of cleanse an entire population. Um, Mm -hmm. So let's let's get into into uh, into the villain, the morality of it. (laughs) <laughs> because I, well yeah because i think that mcu movies have always suffered from villains not being great and i mm-hmm. think i think that this villain is one of those examples where you don't really need to empathize with yeah. the character for for it to work right this right. character the what's uh, the high evolutionary he's a terrible guy Terrible. Right from the beginning, uh, you you see him uh, torture these animals, right? Mm-hmm. And because I've seen the argument where where people say, "Oh, in order in order for your villain to work, you have to kind of care for that character or understand that character." But no, not not in this case. This movie yeah. does everything in its power to make you detest this character, and it. Yeah, you want to hate him. Yeah, I think it completely works, and but that doesn't mean that that it his motives don't make sense within the constructs of the movie per se, right? Right. Um, and I think uh, the casting was perfect. This uh, Chukwudi Iwuji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, him. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I, I said it wrong. I said it right. So I apologize if I did. I'm getting it wrong. But no, he, I thought he was fantastic. And I, I mean, I'm looking. And then when I'm looking at him, you know, we didn't talk about the Jonathan Majors issues, but you know, Marvel's probably losing their biggest villain, that yeah. the biggest draw of Quantum Mania, right? So I was like, this guy could totally be Kang. Like he has that menacing feel to him. I was, I thought he was fantastic. And the uh, you know, when he, I, I was sold on him actually when he came out on the stage at Comic-Con, as cheesy as it seemed coming out in full costume, I thought he just totally stole the entire show and everyone was just mesmerized by him. Okay. Well, I think that they were able to pull off in this movie what they have been struggling to pull off with Kang for a while. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's, that's that's what I mean when I say, when I say that I am disheartened by this movie at the same time that I that it makes me happy because this is everything that Marvel can do right and is not doing for the past what two years and now Jonathan Majors yeah. is It's what could have been. Right, yeah, Jonathan Majors is now embroiled in this terrible uh, 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 domestic violence thing. I highly doubt that he's coming back. And I think he's done, but I guess they're waiting for the verdict. It's just, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. It's it's, yeah. it's not a good look for them, and they haven't even said anything about it. So, but anyway, so so coming back to to this character, uh, like you said, yes, they they were able to make this character so menacing right from the get-go and he works he totally works he has his goons around but you know that he's the boss and um what i what i didn't particularly like about this movie was the whole adam warlock thing 
which I think. Yeah, he he was one of the points where I was just like, okay, you know, they shoot Horman in because either Kevin Feige said that you know James had to, yep. or or um, they just had to do something with him because they introduced him to have to do a payoff. But yeah, I didn't I didn't like how he was treated because in the comics he is a very very crucial character, and they didn't really tap that much into it. He was just kind of like the buffoon. He was like a. Se- He's going to be he's set up as the future Drax, essentially. Right. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, it's it's one of those unfortunate things with the MCU where they have to set up characters for new storylines and they mm-hmm. feel so shoehorned. And this is one of those cases where it just it feels like there's an executive behind James Gunn saying, don't forget, you got to you got to put this guy in there. And James Gunn is, yeah, 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 I'll, I'll deal with that later. And then two days before they're supposed to be filming, he says, oh, shit, I got to get this character in here somewhere, <laughs> somehow. And he just clickety-clacks on the keyboord and says, all right, so he comes here and does that. So, yeah. I don't know if you watch Pitch Meetings, the YouTube series, where, like, the same guy plays a producer yeah. and a writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly what they what they did with, uh, with, with Adam Warlock. Oh, Which the, is the wait, producer's wait, wait. like, you can't forget Adam Warlock. Yeah, so, the new so one came out. You should go it's check it out. Up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely yeah. check that out. I'll that was a big bit that they did. But it was so true. It's like, oh, we don't know what to do with this guy. We're first going to make him the catalyst for them going on this adventure because somebody has to be the catalyst. And then he's going to lose his mom in the end. Or no, he the, the villain from the previous movie is going to be his mom. But then they don't show much of that. And anyway... I guess the whole thing is like he's a kid who's trying to figure out the world, right? Mm-hmm. With all these immense powers, uh, I just I felt like it could have been done better. Um, yeah, well, there's so much happening in the movie that there's barely enough time to get to that character. So I think I think that was one of the one of the weakest parts of the movie. Not a deal breaker though, because he's in it so yeah. little that it's fine. Um, the other thing that I loved was everything that had to do with Nathan Fillion. He, <laughs> he was so funny. The way that they that they're able to infiltrate the what is it? It's a, like an organ planet or made of muscle. Or corp is that what's called? Yeah, something like that. That was disturbing, but but, but, but creative, yeah, but disturbing. Yeah, yeah, and I it's one of those things where that I missed. About the MCU, I mean, okay, so this movie yeah. is chock full of CG, right? Even animals yes. are CG, right? Yes. So compare this full CG smorgasbord, right, to Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Yeah. Where, yes, everything was CG, but one feels like there was somebody there saying, all right, well, this has to be this right and it has to have a meaning and this is what it does and that's what's this is what in what's in the background and somebody says but that doesn't do anything forget it just put it in the background and it'll fill the space it'll feel more organic it'll feel like it's <laughs> part of the scene and then there's this other movie where the uh the cg guys were saying all right so what goes here and then the other person says well, i don't know i just they just told me just they wanted like a reg- reddish thing and then the other yeah. guy says you mean like 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 in Attack of the Clones? And he says, "Yeah, exactly like that." And he goes, "All right, well, we already have these assets. Can we just plug them in?" And he, "Yeah, of course, just plug them in. Who's gonna? Who's, nobody's gonna notice." So, you know, 
Yeah. That, that's that's how it feels. One feels like it was made with purpose, and the other one feels like it was just rushed into post production and just bring it out however it comes out. That's and that's really unfortunate. It's mm -hmm. the, the the contrast of of movies is incredible. And the thing is, the opportunity to make something original in the quantum verse, in the in the yeah, in the quantum verse. Mm -hmm. was completely wasted in that movie. And then we have this other movie where we've already seen two of them and both of them have been very original. They take advantage of their space. And again, they make something very interesting with this third one that feels leagues way better than this other movie that came out a couple months ago. It just makes no sense to me. No sense whatsoever. And it just mm -hmm. it just strengthens my feeling that one, this is gonna be the end of that previous after Thanos thing that the what's so glorious, right? And we were able to experience. Um mm -hmm. phase one, two, three. This feels part of that section, right? It feels part of yeah. the infinity saga. Right. And then there's this other crappy stuff that came after, which some of it is okay, <laughs> some of it is okay, but nothing, nothing comes, nothing rises to the top like those other movies. And then well, the I think I think like if you think about it though, right? I mean, we we are we're com we're comparing Quantum Mania and, and you know what you're talking about with the background and everything that is. And you know how they created these these worlds is definitely a part of the problem. But that's the very core of it. What Guardians got so right that Phase One through Three, uh, an earlier Marvel got right was it was character centric, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't what motivation can we give the character to get them from point A to point B. It's what would this character do in this situation, yeah. and you know how can we make it so that this character's motivations are connecting with the audience, right? And how do we go on a journey with them? Mm -hmm. I mean, and so, you know, I think that was lacking. There was, that was absolutely lacking in a lot of the phase four movies, right? Like we talked about multiverse of madness. Yeah. No idea. What, what was Dr. Strange's character arc? You know, yeah. uh, learning to lose. I thought he already learned that in, in Dr. Strange one, right. Mm -hmm. um, Thor, you know, Thor love and thunder. Yeah. He, he gets a daughter at the end, but like, what what was his character arc? It didn't feel like he grew very much, mm -hmm. right? So um, that is something they have to figure out in order to make great movies again. But but if they're able to figure that out, then I think you know they can return to the heydays. Right. The other thing that they have to, and this is me telling them what to do, <laughs> multi-billion-dollar <laughs> company, they've made millions with these with these movies, billions. We never know. Kevin Feige might listen to this. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, the other thing is, I I think that it would be very beneficial for them to focus on making a good movie, and not make the movie fit into the narrative, not mm -hmm. not think retroactively as well. Is this movie gonna fit in here? And then trying to fit it, just make a good movie, make a good movie. That's that's what bothers right. me so much about Wakanda Forever. It's that there was mm. this great movie in there, right? And then because of the circumstances of we have to make it fit into this other thing, 
it just morphed into this other thing with with all these characters that were Riri Williams, and, yeah, yeah, and it just makes that movie not great for me. Yeah, for me. Um, and so that's the, and then comparing it to this movie, this movie feels like a single thing. It feels right. like one, right? Even even if it's part of a trilogy, right? And even if that trilogy is part of this entire saga, this particular movie is is one. You could you yeah. can see it on its own, and it's still fantastic. I highly doubt that you can do that with uh, Quantum Mania. I mean, mm. that movie's not going to make any sense at all. Right. Um. So. Yeah, I think I think that James Gunn did a great movie. It was entertaining. It was heartfelt. It it made us care about characters that we hadn't even met. And it gave a perfect send-off to each and every character. Drax was able to be a father again. Uh Gamora was able to have a family. Mm-hmm. Um Nebula was able to because she she was she was on her purpose she she became a leader didn't she 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 was like the tin man without a heart right and by the end well and that's 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 what's so fantastic about this trilogy where you see her character evolve right yeah and by the end of of two of, of volume two you see that yeah, she she actually cares for Gamora. There's something in there, even though she's mostly yeah. metal pieces and a robot. There is still something in there that cares. And then by the end of this one, she is she is the leader. She is the mother of all these kids. Right. Well, I think it's also the arc too. You know, she starts as kind of this only second to Gamora, right? In Thanos' eyes, the the one that kind of the one that nobody wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but even though she kind of wants to be in the Gamora's role to be her, you know, her father's right hand man or right hand woman or whatever. Now she finally comes into her own as a leader. She's leading the Noir crew. Um, and so I, you know, I thought that was, that was a fantastic growth. And she finally smiles. I mean, yeah. this is the first time we see her smile. Yeah. yeah. So that was great. Um, no, I think I thought it like, like you said, like, the original characters, their send-offs were, were perfect. Even, even um, oh gosh, what's his name? Um, Craglin. Yeah, Craglin even has his own arc, right? Where he like he's all afraid. He's he doesn't. He's still struggling to step into the shoes of Yondu and controlling that arrow, but he also has this big moment. Um, which again, payoffs, right? You've been on these journeys with these characters, and you want to have these payoffs. Um, the biggest payoff, though, actually, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, so so um, at the end of the movie, right, mm-hmm. we 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 uh, we kind of go through the same thing that Gamora goes through. So Gamora is with Groot and they're talking and suddenly she realizes she understands Groot. Mm-hmm. And then the next scene. We understand Groot, too. Yeah. Did you, I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. So then Sean Gunn called that out, and that was actually inte- well. A fan noticed this, and then Sean Gunn confirmed that it was intentional. That because we've been on this character journey, you know, with this crew, 
we are now part of that family and we can understand group. So I was like, Oh, that, that got me. I was like, Oh, James Gunn, only you can do this. Yep. 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 Yeah. All right. So anything else that bothered you about the movie aside from Adam Warlock? No, I thought, I think Adam Warlock's probably the, 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 the weakest part. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked having all the callbacks, you know, the, the battery monster and eventually having them ride them. I mean, that was, that was predi- you know, predictable when they showed three of them. It's like, okay, they, you know, they're probably going to end up riding these guys. It's going to be epic. Oh, speaking of epic, my God, that hallway scene, I think absolutely Dude. rivals Daredevil, man. Dude, that was, yeah. that, that was insane. Uh, yeah, the the choreography that goes into that is spectacular. The way the camera mm-hmm. moves and goes into holes, right into holes of of other characters, and it, it's it's uh, it's majestic. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and it's a full yeah. what two minutes of them just fighting. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's one of those glorious like action the- sequences. Matthew Vaughn with Kingsman exactly like that. Like yeah. I was like, oh my god, and the camera movements and everything. It was yeah. fantastic. And yeah. and I was like, but that's new too. You know, it's like James Gunn's never really done anything like that before. So like I, I like pre- again him as a filmmaker willing to do new things and explore new you know new ways to tell his stories. I think that was that's what makes him such a great director. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I I felt like this was. You fix Adam Warlock, and this would have been probably up there with Infinity or Endgame for me, honestly. Um, you know, not quite there, but definitely one of the better. I would say, I would say, top ten easy, top ten easy. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is which is, I guess, now of thirty-two movies. <laughs> Jeez, that's a lot. Wow. <laughs> uh, the other thing that that was that that I loved was the way this movie starts. The music choices, the the choice to start with Radiohead's Creep just mm. sets the mood so well. Everyone is depressed in this state of we're just here, we're we're living, and that's and that's good yeah, enough. We're right? existing. Yeah. But they're not great. Rocket is just going through the motions. Uh, Peter is, he's finding happiness at the end of the, of the bottle. Right. Yeah. And everyone is, uh, afraid or not afraid, but everyone is kind of concerned about Peter as well. And so that affects them as a family. So I think, I think the, the, the mood is set very early on. And then to cap it off with the credits song, Coming at Your Love, which is the, the song that started it all. Awesome. With a new crew. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I will say the one redeeming factor for Adam Warlock, despite how, like, you know, uh, how flawed it was in the way they utilized him, was... Adam Poulter, or sorry, Will Poulter still did a fantastic job. And, yeah. you know, you kind of, despite him being kind of useless, you want to see more of the character. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's a win, right? I think he works as, as, as the character. Interpreting the yeah. character, I think he works. It's just, uh, you need something more meaty than, than what they gave him here. Yeah. All right. So before we leave, 
do you feel do you feel like the like marvel is <laughs> is gonna is learn? it back oh is it alert that's a that's a tough question i feel like in a in a, in a different multiverse james gunn might have taken over for kevin feige one day but now we will never see that is well unless dcu bombs it but then at that point he's going to be damaged goods yeah. too right but um but but the MCU, I hope so. Mar- Marvel also has this other issue with um, uh, what was her name? She used to run post production for. Oh, Marvel. Victoria Alonso. Yeah. yeah. So she was. And talk about a terrible month for Kevin Feige. Oh my god, <laughs> Jonathan Majors, Victoria Alonso getting fired, and then uh, Quantumania. <laughs> so she was unceremoniously yeah. fired, right? And she was up there. She she started this thing with Kevin Feige mm-hmm. and and um, I don't remember the other guy's name, but th- they were all there from the beginning. And then to have her ousted like this, and then the reasons that they give are kind of iffy. <sighs> I don't know, man. And then this whole Jonathan Majors thing is just blowing up in their face. Yeah. So, at least we got. And they still one. haven't fired uh, the the Rick and Morty writers. So we'll <laughs> see. Although, I mean, the writer strike is not going to prevent anything from being made for a while. So maybe, maybe that's a blessing in disguise, where they can kind of slow down, retool. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I don't know. Let, you know, like like we talked about at the very very end of the last podcast, it's. <laughs> this is like a bittersweet thing for Marvel. It's like you finally have a great movie, but the guy who's making it is going to go become go lead your rival. Yeah. So I I hope that they can learn their their lessons. You know, one is slow down. Two is be character centric, focus on character arcs and less of this setup nonsense. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Probably people don't care about the multiverse as much as they do about you know characters that you can connect with and stories that are self-contained and entertaining. So hopefully those are the takeaways that they're able to get out of this. Yeah. Not that we need a more Adam Warlock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, do you, how do you feel about this new team? So there's, I think it's, I, there's Groot. Yeah. There's, uh, I don't remember his name with the crest. There's, Adam Warlock. There's Adam yep. Warlock. There's uh, this other Cosmo. Oh, we didn't even talk about Cosmo. Yes, Cosmo. I love Cosmo, so great. That's another CG so character great. that worked really well. Yeah, and like, her arc was as dumb as it was. Was basically getting crackling and say you're a good girl. That was it. But that was so fun. But it, it worked. It was a really nice payoff at the end. So yeah, definitely worked. But who was that girl who was there with them at the end? Oh, she's one of the girls that they rescued. Um, but they she, have a name, but I forgot. But is she yeah. a known character? Is she? Does she become part of the Guardians eventually in the comics? Not to my familiar, not, not that I'm aware, but if she could have been, um, but not off the top of my head. Well, we still have the Secret Invasion and the Marvels to look forward to. Until yeah. then, JC, where can people have a glimpse of you, of your thoughts? online you have a website yeah uh twitter.com jerry jc chang hit me up there starting to do a little bit of like po- uh, box office tweeting 
Okay. I'm really into the box office. I don't know, we only talk about that. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Hit me up. All right. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Media Review Pod. You can send us emails with questions, comments, and suggestions to MediaReviewPod at gmail.com. That's MediaReviewE.com. And JC, I guess uh, this is it. We'll probably meet up yes, again sir. in the summer. This was great. Thank you so much. And to everybody, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks, all. Enjoy your summer. Yeah.